It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I am Eric Harley. We've both done a thorough search of our studios. There are no top secret documents in our studios. We will continue to search I top know. and bottom. Gary, how are you? Bob? I have the Schultz defense. I know nothing. Yeah. I know nothing. I know nothing. I see nothing. Uh, Dan Quayle found a box of pop secret, and it had to be explained. That's okay. You can have that. It's just popcorn. All you right, don't I, have to worry All right, about I got to throw you under the bus. What happened? During our pre-show meeting. What, what did I do? When you said at Pence's residence, they also located porn, but yeah. later on they found out it was just a Sports Illustrated. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> I was... I was going to throw that out today, and I was I was like, "No, I'll save it for the show." Uh, thanks for uh, uh, releasing that ahead of time. Well, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know if you. I didn't <laughs> no, think. No, I, I didn't think you were going to do I that. Wasn't so I sure. That's why I floated it in the pre-show meeting. Yes. I was I, workshopping in the freak in the in the uh, pre-show meeting uh, because I, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, yeah, because I, the wording is kind of still kind of uh, chunky on it. Uh, in a in a in an amended <laughs> statement, the. Former Vice President Mr. Pence uh, released that they also found porn at his residence turned out to be a Sports Illustrated. That's actually a funny. It's a funny joke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, there's no, no harm. Like we're not. We're not. We have nothing. Yeah, we have nothing against Pence. Except and it wasn't even a swimsuit copy. It was just a regular. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, what I thought was really funny is that <laughs> of all the people to defend Pence. It was Trump. Yeah, it's exactly. Trump. <laughs> it's, Trump's like, are you guys kidding me? This guy's never knowingly done anything dishonest in his life. It is the first thing he's ever done wrong in his life. Right. Well, the left actually. would say agreeing to be Trump's vice president was the first thing. I meant, <laughs> meant, meant, meant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Trump is still running. <laughs> <laughs> and he is not considering Mike Pence. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, but that was the equivalent of nobody cares about your damn emails. Well, I was the first thing. The first thing I was thinking of, I said, OK, Trump. Biden, Pence, mm, yeah. all the people that are running. Mm. I'm like, oh, wow, DeSantis is probably in the clear because he's never served in the federal government, you know, in yeah. in, uh, in in that type of uh, uh, role. And then, I mean, I said that, and then I looked, and it said, <laughs> first headline I read, and we'll get to this story here coming up a little bit later on, it says <laughs> that DeSantis accused of being authoritarian for telling teachers to take cell phones from kids in classes. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> and it was, it's the left attacking him. I'm like, really? That's <laughs> what you're, that's what you're going to use? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I uh, mean, and it really is, honestly, um, you can see where the, where the left is going. They're, they're, and they have been afraid of, of, uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, for a while now, but it, it really is, Full on, and there are, in fact, some uh, Trump loyalists that are 
going after him. One of the recent things is his height. Trump loyalists going after his height because they point out that uh, since televised debates, no one under six feet, and I didn't even know DeSantis is under six feet. Neither did I. And no one under six feet has ever won uh, nomination or won the presidency. <laughs> and it's like, well, all right, well, okay, let's all calm well, down. Well, then the Republic, because if you can't get through the primary, yeah. then Republicans need to stop the bigotry of little people. That's right. We welcome everyone of every size. <laughs> it's, I mean, seriously. Seriously. It, it, I had two lines for Dan Quayle. One was the popcorn thing. Uh, he, he found uh, something that he was concerned about. It turned out it was just pop secret, the popcorn. Uh, the other line was, oh. yeah, yeah. The well, other one. Let's not workshop those. The other one was at the moment. Dan Quayle found some top secret documents, and everyone said, "That's ah, okay. You can keep them. <laughs> we're, we're not worried about you." Um, but you know, this is. By the uh, way, to anybody under the age of forty, Dan mm. Quayle was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and even he, every once in a while, has to be reminded. I was mm. really. When? Um, so uh, somebody make, made the uh, point, um, tried to make the point <laughs> that this is uh, clear now that no one uh, will be indicted for having classified or top secret uh, documents. But if you look at the special prosecutor against Trump, the assignment is not just having the documents. It's not about that. It's about not cooperating. And so I don't know that there's going to be an indictment there or not. I really don't know. But that's uh, a different trial. Yeah, and just and, having the documents. And, and Biden's completely different than than Pence also, number one, yep. because he, he is a serial top secret document hoarder. Yeah. And no one in uh, Pence's family is even allowed to have a laptop. Well, so. <laughs> and, and but but in when you actually look at the the uh, the legal and, and political consequences, there really are none for Pence. I mean, if yeah. uh, it's that's this is not going to affect if he decides to run for president, it's not going to decide one way or no, another, no, whether no, somebody's no. going to uh, to vote uh, for him, and of course, when we look at uh, when you look at uh, uh, Biden, uh, the problem the the problem uh, is more than is more than one thing. Mm. Uh, number one, it's the fact that you know these weren't from what we know with with Pence, and nobody, including the FBI, is stating that it isn't true that they were found in in boxes. We don't know what their classification was either. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, with Biden, they're all over the place. Yeah, uh, and that's that's number one. Number two, the problem with Biden is the fact that they found some that he was able to take as a senator. Yeah, and there's just no way that you you the, the big question there. If you're a senator, as they've said, you cannot take. You cannot have a top secret document or a classified document in your office if you're a senator. Right. Everything has to be looked at in that room. Yep. And not taken out of the room. You can't bring a cell phone. You can't take a picture of it. You can't jot down notes on it. That's number two. But the real big one, the real big political slash legal problem of a possibility for Biden, obviously, is Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. And the 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 connecting of the dots so far, and then looking at top secret uh, uh, documents where 
he was he was a part of of um, uh, of uh, raising uh, tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Because I, right. is you're around a hundred million dollars when you look at everything that has come in from the Chinese, including a significant portion from anonymous sources in the Chinese. So really, the problem has always been the fact that that uh you know before we found out that there were classified documents as a senator which is a huge problem yeah yeah uh that um uh it's uh it it's the influence peddling and the possibility that those documents were used for something relating to it what it would be you don't know but the fact that it was found in the office the fact that uh they were so uh that uh, they were around for such a long time. But I have mm-hmm. a question, too, and I don't know. I don't know what the – we don't know the details on Pence, but w- this is the first question I think that comes to anybody's mind. Why did the National Archives know everything about Trump, it seems like? And maybe they did, but it, fr- from the reports, it's if they knew exactly what they wanted to get from Trump. They knew what he had, and they wanted it, mm-hmm. and they didn't seem to you know, have any idea for, well, way over a decade. That Biden had, uh, you know, that Biden had not just classified, but top secret documents. Right. How didn't they, how didn't they know that? How did they know? And that's, it's a legitimate question because you have to ask yourself, number one, you're talking about equal enforcement under the law. And then the other point you're asking is, did, were they not doing their jobs? Well, and or. How were those documents obtained? Because if you go back to the years in the Senate for Joe Biden, there's absolutely no reason for him to have any of those documents at his home. None. Yeah. It's not allowed. It is beyond protocol right and you know so right the president vice president can have top secret documents yep obviously in their office right in their office with the executive branch with the secret service there mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not the same for congress when right. you're a senator right you can't have it in your office no so if you can't have it at your office if you can only view it in a particular high secure area how did those get into his house that's really what uh, is is you know, the greatest concern overall for many different reasons is what was the chain of custody of those documents? Yep. Of all of them. Uh, the The other story, which I, I found interesting yesterday, and there were there were two of them that uh, that seemed to, well, actually more than the two, there's a ton of them, but uh, the ones that really first caught my attention just because it's what we've been talking about more than the other topics, we're going to bring up some of the more of the other topics on today's show. Uh, but uh, I know the the observation out there that <laughs> as of yesterday, Kareem Jean Pierre won't answer any questions. It doesn't matter whether it's and finally the notice. It, we said it yesterday. The reporters are asking the questions not about the top secret documents, but Biden's response to it. Right. So Biden gives an answer and. The press says, well, what does that mean? Well, we can't tell you. Go to the special counsel. Well, special counsel's got nothing to do with it. You know, this is personal. This is what he said. The White House counsel 
is the official presidency. This is about what he said personally. And we had noticed yesterday that the three biggest questions that were being asked were all specifically related to Biden's response. It's like, sorry, we can't, uh, you know, we can't answer that. Mm. Turley wrote on this yesterday, the refusal of Corrine Jean-Pierre to answer any question on classified documents lacks any uh, legal or logical rationale. She just refused to answer whether the administration thinks other former elected officials should take care in checking for classified documents. The White House is maintaining the position that the president can make public statements as the president, but it will not address what he meant in those comments, exactly what we said. Mm -hmm. Jean-Pierre refused to even answer if the president has been briefed on the Pence discoveries. Why? How is that a legal question? Right. And then the other thing, too, where she used the Hatch Act the other day. uh, That uh, And what did they ask? Uh, You know, is the... uh, is the president going to, uh, you, know, you know, with all these problems, are the president going to run today? He says, well, i got to be careful with the Hatch Act. I'm like, Hatch Act has nothing to do with that. Right. The president's going to run, or, he, you know, if, if he's made a decision to run, you can say, well, not as of yet, his statements before. There's got nothing to do with the Hatch Act. Right. You could say a yes or no without getting into the details of his campaign or promoting his campaign. And and any risk there related to the Hatch Act at at that point is non-existent. And so I found that really, uh, that was fascinating yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was how it seemed like the, the wealth tax in California became a pretty big issue mm-hmm. yesterday. And I know it was the Wall Street Journal. And also, and I don't know whether Turley got it from the Wall Street Journal. I saw it in the Wall Street Journal first <laughs> that said, it's the Hotel California. You can check out. That you can never leave. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. I saw one um it was a it was a news station here. Oh, uh in it was actually in San Antonio, uh in Texas, and they were making the point it relates to uh the the story that they uh that they did on it with Elon Musk moving to Texas and moving his business out of California, and the headline was something to the effect of a new law in California would keep moves like the one Elon Musk made from happening. And I thought, no, they won't. They'll accelerate it. Because if this were to gain momentum, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it gains momentum, you're going to see companies pull up stake and leave. Oh, They're yeah. going to run like there's a massive fire on every square inch of soil. They're not going to stay. They're going to get out. Because if you're going to say, we're taking everything they're going to be gone before that takes effect. We're going to take everything and we'll take it actually when you leave. And we're going to make the judgment not on what your assets are or a property tax here, mm-hmm. but your overall you know, global wealth, right? Uh, which I believe is unconstitutional. But it's just going to it, you're going to have. And, and the thing is, we talked about yesterday, it really is almost like a revenge spite kind of law. Yeah, because all it's going to do is depress. It's going to depress the possibility of. The rich living in your state. And when the rich provide the vast majority of the budget of the tax dollars, 
and you're and New York wants to do the same. Illinois is doing some kind of you know uh, proposing some kind of wealth tax. They're all involved in it, and it's like they're all losing rich people. They're complaining about losing the rich people, yeah, because they know. And it's like, well, we're so angry that we're losing these rich people that provide so much of the tax base that we're going to make it so you can never get out of the state. You'll always have to pay some kind of taxes. It's not even based on any type of economic logic or logic to increase the tax base it's almost as if it's purely envy jealousy and spite yes because if they truly thought if there was any math and they truly thought they could get away with promoting it as raising revenue for a certain thing then what's the first thing that they would go for well we're going to this is how we'll fund uh the single payer. This is how we'll fund this and that. They mentioned a couple of things, you know, along the way, but nothing in a big way about what this is about, which tells you it's only about emotion, yeah, jealousy, envy. We're going to take, nobody needs to have that. We're going to take it from you. 86690 Red Eye. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Dim lights are an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. Get a full electrical system check if you notice your headlights getting dimmer or brighter. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If uh, you'd like to get into the show coming up, uh, the uh, proposed wealth tax, we'll actually go through that uh, mm. again because it uh, in California that they're talking about. the Not just wealth tax, but the uh, the uh, the wealth tax that continues after you leave the state. Yeah. Uh, the latest stats on who was moving out of what states, that just came in. And yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we... Obviously, I bet you everybody could guess what states people are leaving more than they're going into. Exactly. It's California, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, will, uh, uh, do the White House, uh, uh, well, excuse me, why did the White House say that the GOP is attempting to raise gas prices? Green Jean Pierre said that two days ago, and this is all about the strategic oil reserve that the, I think the Republicans are actually doing a great thing in the House. Mm-hmm. They're simply saying, okay, if you take 5% of the, because you can't, they're actually doing a, a very conservative populist agenda, and we'll get into some of this with mm. the House. And when they said, okay, you're going to take 5% out of the uh, strategic uh, oil reserve, all right, you need to open up 5% more leases to make sure we can do it. They're trying to make the case that that's good. The Democrats are trying to make the case that that's going to increase gasoline prices when it actually would have the opposite effect. Right. Because once you have to refill the strategic oil reserve, you're going to have less supply. Prices are going to go up. And, and it's like they got slammed for that, and then it disappeared when people went, yeah, probably can't sell uh, that one. New stat out there, Americans, America suffered 300,000 non-COVID excess deaths since 2020. Record number of uh, people are now spending more than 
of their income on rent and more bad economic news out there. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you... Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Well, the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond said yesterday that the 5th District Survey of Manufacturing Activities Index dropped deep into negative territory, falling to its lowest level since May of 2020. We hmm. talked about the the uh, the New York Fed. Um, the composite index fell to minus 11 in January, significantly worse than a minus 3 consensus forecast of analysts surveyed uh, that were surveyed on that. Uh, all three components of the headline index, shipments, new orders, and employment, all declined. So you're, you know, you're looking at, uh, again, I have not seen a positive economic number in a month. No. I haven't seen one. No. No, I haven't. Uh, the Atlanta Fed changed their forecast for Q1. But that's fluctuating. I mean, it dropped. Uh, went from, I think, four point two to three point five on GDP. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not talking about projections. I'm talking yeah. strictly the economic numbers right. that have come out. Right. Not, yeah. Well, I was I was pointing right. to that because it's further indication that uh, that and and maybe it'll right. go back up. It's further indication that things aren't positive right now, and. The, the question would be is, you know, it's funny because uh, the media seemed to be on the story yesterday as to why there's this massive increase in the cost of eggs. Mm-hmm. And we know it's just corporate greed. <laughs> but there were millions and millions of uh, chickens that were uh, slaughtered because yeah, right. of the, uh, the bird flu. And they mm-hmm. wanted to keep that contained. And one story, you know, phrased it, uh, the next line was, and the companies that sell the eggs have to be able to make a profit. I thought, yeah, that's that's how it works. You're not going to be able to sell them cheap if you have few of them and it's costing you all of that entire, uh, you know, depending on the operation. Right. Uh, that entire batch of chickens is gone. So, you know, now, if you lose a massive, I don't know how many flocks were were uh, were slaughtered. Yeah. Now, so would California judge the wealth pre-slaughter or after slaughter? Pre-slaughter of, of the egg companies. Pre-slaughter. I'm sorry, you have to ask for the eggs. chickens, but don't count your chickens before they're okay. slaughtered. Those are my grandmother's dying words. The eggs, see, because they'll separate it into chicken wealth and then egg wealth. Now, what comes first, the chicken wealth or the egg wealth? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're going to pay for both. Right. And so the egg wealth, now they'll go after that. Well, you know, the chicken may cross the street Mm -hmm. to try to get a better deal. 
right. somewhere else. Right. Which is why the chicken is crossing the street. Right. Probably how the chicken got the bird flu. Oh, God. It's <laughs> they were so bad. This is just well. All right, we we have to. All right, let, let me let me get back to the seriousness of this issue. The yeah, fifth district manufacturing okay. firms yeah. reported deterioration, and this is from their website. Mm-hmm. Business conditions in January, according to the most recent survey. So this is January, and even they they've looked at it. They see a big fall was in December. So you could still have positive growth in the last quarter. That's been talked about, right? Uh, in fact, we played a couple of interviews last week on that, saying uh, some from uh, economists stating that, that yeah. you still may see growth in the fourth quarter. Right. But as I said, that means nothing because they said we uh, the last time we had a uh, you know recession earlier last year that there was 3% growth right before it you know it, it hit. Right. Uh, but they say each of the three component indexes, shipments, new orders, and employment declined uh, with the index for new orders plummeting from minus 4 to minus 24 in January. Along with a slightly negative employment index, the wage index increased from 37 to 41 in January. The local business conditions index also decreased somewhat, moving further into negative territory with a reading of negative 13 in January. Although the local business condition expectations index rose slightly from December, firms generally reported pessimism about conditions over the next uh, six months. Uh, January survey results indicated continued easing of supply chain constraints. The index for order backlogs retreated further into negative territory, indicating that businesses continue to see declining backlogs. Meanwhile, the index for vendor lead time also remained well below zero, suggesting a continued decline in lead times. The average growth rates of both prices paid and prices received decreased in January. Expectations for both price growth measures over the next uh, 12 months also decreased to a level much lower than last year. So what they're saying is, that the supply chain constraints are actually easing. Prices are going down a little bit, but they're seeing, you know, this is where the recession comes in. They're seeing that um, the demand isn't there. Right. Yeah. Which would be one of the reasons that prices start coming down. Right. When the demand isn't there. Right. So it all, it all makes logical economic sense. As we've talked about before, you can, this is another perfect example. You can manipulate uh, the economy, but you can't change economics. Right. And this is another example, uh, you know, right there. So, you know, who knows what we're going to see this year. I do notice it on the president's Twitter page every single day. It's just on Biden's uh, Twitter page every single day. It's economic news about how great everything is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. And you read it and the comments. I can't find a positive comment. When I, whenever I check, maybe there is one, but whenever I check, it's just like you read the first 10 because there's, I yeah. don't know, hundreds of thousands of comments. Right. But you read the first 10, you're like, oh, wow. And, but uh, they're out there promoting it, but it's nobody's, nobody's listening because it's not what they say is what, it's what you personally feel economically. One of the uh, most annoying phrases in recent years is the new normal. And, it usually comes from economists, the new normal. But the new normal in a household is is very real. And what you look for is the change in behavior by the consumer. So inflation goes up and you keep buying the same amount of things. And then at some point, there's a threshold where you and which means that you're spending more. You're spending more of those dollars to buy the same amount. 
But then you change that and say, okay, I can cut out this. I can cut out, you know, a few things here and there. I'm going to, I don't know, whatever it is, stop drinking soda for a while. I'm going to do, and you just, and you pare it down. And it almost becomes, I mean, it's absolutely necessary for families to do that. There is no choice because once you've used your credit cards, and you, especially when you get beyond the Christmas season, then that's where it really hits. And their new normal is, okay, we got to find things that we can do without. I've actually heard in the last couple of, of, uh, of months, I can't remember the last time I saw it, but it was like, but things are doing better than the new normal. <laughs> that is the ultimate bull mm-hmm. line, <laughs> economic bull line of the year. Yeah. Things are doing better than what we would expect in the new normal. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I, but I was impressed by it. Well, I actually was, they... I was, in, I was, in, I said, okay, somebody actually thought about that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's still BS, but still I'm like, I mean, I'm impressed by that BS. Well, it's like, you know, the days after Thanksgiving, well, mom finally came up with a creative thing for leftovers. I mean, it's different. You know, we're still eating turkey, but it's it's different. Yeah. And those are, you know, the the things that that start to change too is the way that we buy things. I I have a family member who will go on Facebook Marketplace and it is like a game. Oh, I'm not going to a retail store. Appliances or whatever it is, electronics, mm-hmm. they will shop local. And and a ton of people do this. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, all right, what is actually changing for the average consumer? What are they actually changing in terms of how they spent money before? You know, when you get through the, the COVID thing and, and, and people at, you know, at some point weren't really worried about things as much because it was like, okay, I can get unemployment if I'm laid off, and I know this is not does not apply to everybody. A lot of people went through a tremendous hardship, but a ton of people didn't have to change much about what they did in terms of spending. Mm-hmm. And the evidence is there; they didn't really start cutting back on what they call the basket, uh, what they're putting in that basket, the number of items. Until recent months, it was like, okay, this is not going to go away. We're going to have to change something. And that's when you start changing the number of items that go into that basket. And we'll see what, you know, what happens and how long this is going to, you know, go on. If the Fed does not go above 5%, uh, Larry Summers was talking about this uh, last Friday. If they're not going to go to 6% is where most people believe on the Fed rate is where they should go. Then we might see inflation go on for a long time. But he's really worried about them getting up to a peak and then easing the interest rates and and which means that inflation is going to just sit here and it and it reminded me of the recession of 2009 where yeah after that we had growth but it was not real growth we were trolling along the bottom I think the the one thing and the great unknown here because we know I mean one of the things that was talked about three, four months ago from economists was, 
okay, when people run out of the money that the government has given them, Mm -hmm. that's when you're going to see, again, the reduction of the GDP in retail sales, which were already seen. Uh, I don't know if that was the cause of it specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you measure that. So I, I always have that question in my mind. But I think the one thing that is different here, well, there's a few things. First off, um, you had that, you know, we what we know what caused the inflation. We know that it was caused by too many dollars chasing too many goods mm-hmm. originally. How long that money will last, I don't know. I don't know how they figured that one out. That mm-hmm. was the thing uh, there. But the other th- at the same time where you have government causing the inflation on that level, you had over the last, really since 2008, 2009, you had the government buying its own debt. Yeah, right. And printing money. And that was also causing inflation, and now they've cut back on that. I don't know when you've had two of those things happen at the same time like that. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't don't know. know. And the other thing I would would say is the impact of, you know, we always, when we were were growing up, you could always make, you could make 4 or 5%. On a passbook account. <laughs> right. It's a savings account. I don't want to get into what a passbook is because uh, people under 40 going, huh? Uh, yeah, you but, can't get across the Canadian border with it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, but you could, you could make, you know, you could make decent uh, money. I, it's funny because now I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting calls from my bank now. And it's like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, you don't need to buy a treasury bill. You can buy this, and we're mm-hmm. paying almost the same amount as treasury bill, and you're seeing some 4 or 5% out there. Right. Well, that was normal. Mm-hmm. You never had. There's never been a time in my life where you saw 0% interest rates. Right. And you brought this up one time. You said the shock of going from that to 5 or 6%, right. just the psychological shock that I can't invest is that different from normal times where you look over the last, you know, 100 years where it might have been 5% and the interest rate went up to 7 or 8 or 9%? Right. That you were already paying interest on, but you were paying nothing before. You were getting nothing. Right. Uh, you know, when, when you looked at, uh, you know, many what are viewed as safe investments. So uh, that I think, just think you add all those together, and that to me is a great unknown about where the economy is going. I know where the economy is going. I don't I, – I, let me rephrase it. I don't know how bad it's going to be hmm. based on adding all those things to it. Right. Yeah. I hope it's not bad. I hope it isn't. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley, 86690 Red You know, I was looking at this uh, this poll here. We'll get to it following the top of the hour that says only 9% say it's important that companies promote diversity and environmentalism. 9%. Wow. This is, you know, part of the frustration we've had with Republicans for such a long time is that, that on so many of the issues, it's landslide numbers. The public agrees with them. Yeah. It's effectively communicating why right. you're doing something. Right. You know, I was uh, I I'll play it coming up here in a little bit. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, you know, talking about the fact that you know there's the president, you know, slamming his fist on the uh, on the table, saying mm-hmm. no negotiation. Yeah. He said, 
you know, when you're spending this kind of money and, and doing, and he didn't do it in a way where he was angry or just matter of fact, he goes, people just don't act that way. We should, we got to be concerned about the debt that we're accumulating. And I went, that's the proper tone. Yep. That's the prop. People understand that. And they go, okay, it's tough, but he's not BSing. Right. They still may not side with you, but at least they understand you. Right. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want. Thinking about changing that greeting. Thinking about going with welcome or good morning. You can choose one, but not both. Welcome or good morning. Welcome or good morning. All right. Not and or. That's right. How about and or? (laughs) (laughs) Too much positivity. (laughs) Welcome and good morning. (laughs) All right. Let's have some entertainment. All right. So it means time for Kareem Jean-Pierre yesterday. And it was interesting. We had said, wow, she's just not answering any questions. And, (laughs) and, And we had noticed and. That must be Jonathan Turley's listening to the show because mm. he made the same comment that we were making last night. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious because we were just going through the audio cuts and we went, wow, every reporter is not asking about the top secret documents. They're asking about Biden's response and what he right. means. Right. And so she goes, I would you know, tell you to go to the White House counsel, but but they can't tell you me. You're his. He made a comment. We're asking right. you. What does that comment mean? Yeah. I can't, I can't answer what he he said this. Well, just take it for face value. So he has. For, so he has no regrets. He doesn't care that the top secret documents are out there. I, I'm waiting for her to say, "Well, I don't speak for him." <laughs> <laughs> but everything, it's like there's a, a no comment for everything now. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's pre- pretty humorous to yeah. to watch. Here mm-hmm. we go. My second question uh, is regarding a uh, comment from Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, he's calling for a search of President Biden's Senate records at the University of Delaware for potentially classified information. Uh, those records reportedly include about 1,850 boxes of documents as well as 415 gigabytes of electronic files. Uh, does President Biden have any objection to such a search? Uh, when it comes to uh, the documents and this ongoing legal matter, I refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. All right. So there uh, you go. All right. Let's get to uh, another question mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, here we go. We know the president did it. Why did he do it? I would refer to the White House Counsel's Office. In the president's own words, he admits to having information that wasn't his. Why did he smuggle it out? I will let the, 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 the statement of the president stand for itself. I'm just not going to go into a rabbit hole, down a rabbit hole with you on this. Is what's the what's the over under on the possibility of her walking out on Wednesday to the podium with actual duct tape on her mouth? 
Because it's <laughs> basically no comment. Here we no go. comment. Here no we comment. go. We have more. All right. All right, here we go. Thanks, Green. After a special counsel was named, but before the FBI searched, President Biden went to his house in Wilmington. What was he doing in there? I would refer you to the White House counsel. So it was- <laughs> it- one more. One more. Okay. I keep saying one more. I mean... Has the president invited the Justice Department to search his Rehoboth Beach house? Again, I would refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. <laughs> you think when she calls to, like, book a flight and they say, okay, can we have your credit card number? I'm going to refer you to the White House Counsel. <laughs> or she's at a drive-thru. Uh, yeah, I'd like a number two. What kind of drink do you want with that? I'm going to refer you to the White House Counsel. And and the fact is, the FBI still hasn't searched, and now we're to Wednesday. Right. And we heard this, what, on from on Saturday it was reported. Right. Uh, that, was it CBS or Washington Post? I can't remember which, who who posted that the FBI is, is you know, as the Department of Justice is contemplating whether they should do it. What's taking so long? Right. I I'm convinced it is negotiation. I'm convinced since November... They've had to negotiate with the president on the searches. Now, you're going to coordinate that, no doubt. He's a sitting president. That's how it works. It's it's not going to be a raid. They're not going to execute a warrant. Neither side wants that. The DOJ doesn't want that, and Biden doesn't want that. If he were a Republican president... <laughs> Maybe a much different story, but they don't they don't want to get into that. And he's reluctant to cooperate on anything. So they're negotiating. Because otherwise we would have heard. The FBI has completed their search of the beach house of the whatever property. Has anybody come out? Have you heard anybody report anything in terms of properties or any space where there might be other documents aside from the University of Pennsylvania office, uh, Wilmington and the Beach House, have you heard? Yeah, the University of Delaware. Okay, they're, Delaware, they're, Delaware. They were just yeah, talking about it yeah, right then, okay, the University okay. of Delaware. Where right. yeah. He's got, you know, yeah. apparently right. thousands yeah, of that. documents yep. and the electronic stuff right. too. So, right. Yeah. Oh. And there's, I, there's, where, there's wherever, the other part of it. And wherever he has stayed on vacation, because hasn't he stayed at some private homes on vacation in the last couple of years? I do remember. I thought did, there did, was something in did, Martha's vineyard, but I don't know okay. what. I, I thought there was something property. like when he uh, he went to somebody's place down south somewhere, mm-hmm. like in South Carolina or mm-hmm. something. And that just sticks in my mind going back yeah. maybe a year year and a half that he went down. So any place that he would go on vacation. And still no explanation on the latest items that were found. No, no. Because you just hit on something uh, on University of Delaware, um, electronic documents. My gosh, if you found six thumb drives... 
Oh, my gosh. Depending on how big they are. Mm-hmm. Boy. Yeah, you can't win this and, uh, you know, when when the Republicans actually start their hearings, which I believe is going to be sometime in 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 February and mm-hmm. Hunter Biden, all of this is all of this is going to be back in the news again. And the reason is, you know, you you had uh, you you had the the media yesterday. They're still asking all the questions and getting no answers. Mm-hmm. And right. they're still asking them passionately. And he's getting no answers. And, you know, I, I guess the left tried to, well, there, Pence. Pence is a whole different ball game. He's not president of the United States. He came forward with it. He doesn't uh, have the Hunter right. Biden thing he doesn't have the, he hanging doesn't, around his neck. He, he, he doesn't have the numerous places where they have been uh, been found. We don't know the classification. We know right. Biden had top secret, top secret stuff mm-hmm. uh, there. And so it's, and, and it'll, that, that fizzled out because nobody really cares about Pence, to be honest with you. Nobody, I mean, they care about Trump. They care about Biden. Yeah. Pence is like, oh, whatever. Right. Well, and I mean, the, the left use it as it says, CCC, and that's fine because we have said that there needs to be a reevaluation of, of, you know, the uh, handling of classified and top secret documents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, I mean, that's I mean, across the board. Because that word inadvertently were packed and shipped to his house. When it came to Pence, it's like, okay, yeah. we keep hearing that word. Um, and the the question would be, uh, how does that happen? So there are many questions that have to be answered in all of these cases. We know that, or we're led to believe, based on the reporting, that the documents that went to Trump's place were the, the archives knew. They knew about them. And so from it, like the beginning or very early on, you could say at least there was knowledge of that. My question would be, all right, Pence left office, of course, on the same day. And so if we're going to ask the general question about uh, the National Archives and, and what is known and what isn't known, did they know about those documents? That's a great point. At uh, Pence's house. Well, how, yeah. How do they know? How do they know? It's, it seems they knew about Trump's, but not Pence. That's, that's right. a legitimate question. And then, you know, because then you get into the, all right, how do they go missing for years? Or not missing. Are they missing? I guess is the question. Uh, and did the National Archives know that? Because now we go back to the Senate years for Biden. And that's the other huge problem is the Senate. And, and again, the, the chain of custody of any of those documents. So that process is going to have to be, clearly have to be reevaluated. But it is a very different story with Biden because all the concerns there with, well, selling influence. Here's one thing I didn't hear yesterday. Now, I just, I just popped into my mind now. I did not see her entire press conference yesterday. Mm. But we had said this yesterday. Are they listening? They have to stop saying the president takes this very seriously. I didn't hear her respond that way. I didn't hear that at all yesterday. Maybe I just missed it. But in all the audio cuts that I have heard, mm. because she's not answering anything, yeah, she did not say, and we had said yesterday, she has to stop that. And they all have to stop that because 
You're not every time you say that you lose credibility because the public already believes you don't take it seriously. It's it's funny because someone a listener wrote, no, I believe that he takes these things seriously. Let me rewrite that. He takes these things, period, seriously, seriously, period. (laughs) And (laughs) these seriously, he takes these things. Seriously, he takes these things. (laughs) And uh, one more reason we have the greatest listeners ever. And but that was a viral thing. He takes it seriously. He takes it seriously. He takes it seriously. And, and of course, they also quit saying the search is complete. <laughs> oh, yeah. They definitely stopped that one, didn't they? I, she'll come out tomorrow and say, let me finish. Completely right. botched. And and the other thing, the difference between, you know, uh, uh, Pence and even Trump mm-hmm. and, the, and Biden is the separation factor, the number of places right. and the separation. Right. And the, the, the fact that, and this question has not been answered, but the fact that the White House uh, lawyers, or Trump, excuse me, not Trump, Pen, not Pence, Biden's lawyer, <laughs> lawyers went through the House mm. and still missed the other yeah. classified documents. Right. Which brings you to the, it's a question that everybody has been asking. There's a one thing, there's one thing about having the intent. There's one thing about having, okay, you packed it out. They're sitting in boxes and we found them in boxes. There's a whole different ball game when you find them in separate locations if they are out of their boxes because that shows intent. Right. And then because Hunter Biden stayed there while the classified documents were there, the next question is, and we know some were on Ukraine, then the next question is, you know, where do you go from, you know, where do you go from there? And the other thing that will stick in people's minds is uh, the Penn-Biden Center, where top secret documents were found that was anonymously funded in, in many of the donations by anonymous Chinese donors. Right. That's what stinks there. And so yeah. to make the same comparison, each case is different. Trump's case is different than Biden's. Biden's case is different than uh, than Pence's. Yeah, but because... Biden is president of the United States, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like Trump in one location. And there were classified documents also when he was from when he was a senator, which no way should that ever happen. You can see it happening. You can see it happening for a former vice president or a president. It's packed yeah. away in a box and gets right. there, and right. then you negotiate bring you know bringing them back. There what? seemingly is no question on the chain of custody of the documents that Trump had. Correct. Yes. Yeah. There, the, the huge. The, yeah, the, it's a great. It's a great point. the The question really is about the cooperation from the between the Trump right. team and the right. DOJ. Right. There are many questions with the Biden documents. Uh, beyond the uh, Penn Biden office, the Wilmington documents, then that gets beyond a uh, and the Senate documents. What was the chain of custody? Did the National Archives know or not? And what you just pointed out, those documents at Wilmington, 
being separated from the other documents. Those that's a that's a much different case. Those are two very different cases. And when you because the big question really is with Biden, the chain of custody, who had access, who had those documents and who had access to those documents during their life off campus. With Trump, you could ask part of that question. Did anyone have access to them that shouldn't have? But really, the chain of custody question really isn't there for the Trump documents. It It's a big question. In fact, it, it brings about more questions, a number of questions with the Biden documents. 86690-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Because they are removing snow and applying sand, salt, or other road treatments, snow plows travel at a slower rate of speed than other vehicles. All drivers should maintain a safe following distance of at least five to six car lengths behind a snow plow. This will help you avoid collisions as well as potential vehicle damage from the materials being thrown on the road. Don't pass a plow unless you absolutely have to, and never drive into the snow cloud. If you do have to pass a snow plow, do it in a safe and legal passing area that is clear of snow and ice. Make sure there's enough clearance to the side as plows are wider than most vehicles and portions of the plow and blade may not be visible due to blowing snow. If you encounter a snow plow approaching from the opposite direction along an undivided highway, pull as far over to the right side as is safe. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. If you like listening to Red Eye On Demand, we have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's Extra Mile podcast. More topics and issues discussed. At Progressive... Uh, Adam Schiff and Swalwell will be taken off of the House Intelligence Committee, as we believe that they should have. Yes. And uh, we had said, because uh, Adam Schiff as you know, has been the head of the House Intelligence Committee for the last couple of years, and during the Trump administration... He lied to the American public about what the intelligence said. Right. He lied and told them that there was more than circumstantial evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. It didn't exist. He lied. Yep. And we always thought that he should be taken off because of that. And when the it came out that the media was covering it, they said, well, uh, they're doing it for revenge because uh, uh, because the uh, the last Congress took uh you know, took Democrats off of, uh, of of certain committees. And this is just revenge from the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And we said the Republicans should respond to that and should respond the way that we just did right there. Uh, that that with, uh, with Adam Schiff and then Swalwell having the relationship with the Chinese spy. Sorry, you can't serve in the House Intelligence Committee if you right. do that. He did it. We'll have the audio coming up. Message radio, and if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. 
And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Now, if you've been a long-time listener to the show, you know that one of the things we have said is when Republicans take over the House or when Republicans get power in any way, please communicate effectively. Right. Because yeah. you can you can uh, win this. Look, one of our criticisms of Trump was the fact that he didn't communicate effectively. He did when he ran for office. Yeah. But when he got into office, it's like, no, stick to the t- stick to the points where you can win every time. Right. Don't yeah. get sidetracked. Now, right. Right. it wasn't Trump alone. Republicans weren't communicating for decades before to our satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's so frustrating is when you look at some of the issues out there, for example, a, uh, just give you an example of one issue. A Rasmussen Reports poll found that American adults say there are more important issues for companies to focus on than promoting causes like diversity and environmentalism. Only 9% of adults in America said they think the most important issue for companies to focus on is promoting causes like diversity and environmentalism. In comparison, 82% said there are other issues for businesses to focus on. And from a consumer standpoint, I understand their biggest concern. The 82% is split between 69% who said companies should focus on providing quality goods and services, as you would as a consumer. There you go. And 13% who said companies should focus on increased profits. Wow, increased profits, not increased pay. Interesting. Right. Increased price. That's only 13%, right, though. Right. But and, I mean, and, but, but, but as, still, but, but remember, you're talking as the consumer, yeah. which in capitalism, the consumer wants quality goods and services. Yeah. And then the other thing is, of course, if you, you, what you would want overall, not as a consumer, but as a citizen of the country overall, is businesses to be profitable and to provide quality goods and services, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and then 9%, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, what I want from companies. That's the thing I don't is know. that I didn't see anywhere on this survey where they should focus on pay, right? Higher pay. Walmart announcing their uh, starting wage, $14 an hour up from 12 bucks an hour. But these are the things that, and the reason I point that out is because those have been the things that have led in the news. <laughs> Environment. You know, employee pay, but environments, all of the and all of the woke causes and everything else. And really, people just want them to make a good product, provide a good service. Make a profit, basically be there, be available. I what I wonder is. The ever changing landscape of of the private sector, whether it's retail or anything else. But it's different now after COVID because we got into the habit of, you know, a lot of people uh, and a lot of companies moved into the order it and either pick it up curbside or have it delivered, that kind of thing. More convenience, more service, you know, and more, which is more efficiency for the consumer. Look, you know, bring it to me. I I, I don't want to go do my shopping. You can bring it to me. And and that kind of thing that I think has a a mental effect on on how we look as a consuming public, how we look at business. Now, Mm -hmm. conservatives, 
we've always said, look, uh, you know, get out there and compete. Offer something good, I'll show up, right? Uh, good good price, uh, good service, that kind of thing, that you're going to attract that business. But we were demonizing as a society, at least, you know, the headlines would lead, and still in California, <laughs> it's the case. You demonize profits. You demonize corporations and companies. And the fact of the matter is, it's likely always been the case that people just look at it for what it is. I want, if I go into a store, I want it to be clean. I want them to have what I'm looking for. No empty shelves, that kind of thing. And however it serves me better, which is basically why they exist to sell goods and services, I want them to do what they do. And and so I'm using this to jump to another uh, topic, but that is right there where it's like, look, you as a conservative Republican can win this argument all the time yeah. because it's the way that the public the public right. feels. The public right. wants, the consumers want a quality product. That's what they want. And yep. part of a quality product is, I know for me, if I can get it. <laughs> availability. And yeah. Availability. Yeah. And if right. it can come to my door very quickly, well, yeah. then it's even a more quality product sure. because I can use that quality product today and not two weeks from now. Right. So that's just one of the points that you can sell and you can win. There isn't, I don't know, of a... The, the the only thing that you could say that you might uh, you, that you may be split on uh, is the issue of abortion. That that could be fifty fifty, but even that's not fifty fifty from how radical Democrats want to be. But that probably is more of a percentage of where Democrats have a larger percentage than on all the other issues that exist out there. Okay, and so yeah. if you explain things correctly, if you're a Republican, there isn't an issue that you can't win because. Hey, the Democrats are insane yeah. on all the issues when you when you talk about this. Right. Now, we we uh, we talked about, uh, for example, I want to get to the the Kevin McCarthy and the Adam Schiff thing. I was just using this story to to leapfrog off, saying you can win these arguments. Mm-hmm. And when the Republicans took over, the media was reporting, "Well, it's going to be revenge, and it's going to be revenge. It's revenge. It's revenge. It's revenge." By the Republicans are going to kick Adam Schiff uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Eric. Uh, Swalwell off the uh, Intelligence Committee because it's revenge, it's revenge, it's revenge. And we stated, both you and I agreed on this a couple of weeks ago, we said, no, 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 you don't do it because of revenge, you do it because they shouldn't be on the Intelligence Committee. Right. Because Swalwell was having a relationship with a Chinese spy. Yeah. And you cannot have that perception in the House Intelligence Committee. End of story. Sorry, no matter. You, <laughs> you have a relationship with a Chinese spy, you're gone. You can serve as a member of Congress. You cannot have access to the top secrets of America. And Adam Schiff, when the whole Trump investigation, the whole uh, Trump colluded with the Russians to hack the election, Devin Nunes, who was the minority of, uh, yeah, he was the minority of the House Intelligence Committee, the minority leader, came out with his memo saying there is no information at all, none. In our intelligence, it shows that Trump colluded with the Russians to you know, to hack the election. That these things, the intelligence does not show that. And Adam Schiff came out and said, "Yes, it does. It shows it. It shows it's more than circumstantial evidence." He lied about that. Mm-hmm. He lied, and we called him on it. We called him on it at the time. Yeah. And then when it was right. found out, it did not exist. And that's when um, John Radcliffe took over. We found out that none of this, inf- everything, Schiff. Sh- said was a lie 
and he was lying to the American public, we said, this is the guy who is leading the House Intelligence Committee. He is the leader of the top secrets in the House, and he will lie to the American public about what the intelligence is. I think by any standard, that means you should be gone. Because the whole purpose of them being there, especially the chairman of the committee, is oversight to be our eyes. Right. We don't have the clearance to see what they see, so we expect them to 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 have that oversight and report back to the people. And he lied about it. And so yesterday, uh, McCarthy was uh, doing a press conference for reporters, and I believe it was a PBS reporter mm. uh, that started saying to him, "Well, you're kicking these two people off the House Intelligence Committee." But Santos can serve on committees because not on the House Intelligence Committee. He's not serving on. He said he was elected by his constituents, so he gets to serve on on committees. But we're not talking a regular committee. We're talking about the House Intelligence Committee. And here is I want to play uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy's response from uh, from yesterday to this. Okay, hang on here. There we go. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So, no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So, yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel, because it goes to the national security of America, and I will always put them first, all right? And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing, and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the intel committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there. That committee... And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. So there you go. There you have it. There you have it. Tell me an American that would disagree with that. Right. That isn't a absolute partisan. Because he threw in right there. Look, there are other Democrats. Right. Plenty that can serve on the committee. He's not one of them right. for a very clear reason. And, and brought up how Adam Schiff lied about the laptop also. Right. Right. And, and I think and, bringing up, you know, all of this is especially with how he pointed out with the FBI briefing on Swalwell. That's the evidence. I have that briefing. I know the American people didn't get to see it. We didn't bring the FBI before the American people in a hearing. 
but it is very clear he should not be on the intel committee yeah well we knew about the chinese yep. spy but yeah, that we, was enough we were, but, what we knew was enough but the thing is is that it was a right. it it the left wanted you to believe it was just a media back and forth right right this was just revenge right what what you heard here was hold on the fbi was involved these weren't just accusations going back and forth right the FBI had serious concerns about that relationship. And he does not get to sit on that committee. And you can shut down any reporter on any issue right now. Yep. There isn't an issue that you cannot. And by the way, as we've talked about it, you can win also on the abortion issue because that's one where the Democrats have more support, but still they don't have the majority of support when it comes to what the Democrats would want to would want to do with abortion in this country mm. the majority of america disagrees with them right. as the polling has uh, has showed so you can win from what i can see there isn't an argument you can't win on any major issue with the democrats so win it yep and that was something that precisely if you listened a couple of weeks ago we laid out exactly what mccarthy should say about adam schiff and swalwell and i mean and there it, is. it was I, I I'm not I don't mean to say we had anything to do with it, but that was as close well, as it's refreshing. That was as close as as you can get to 100 percent of what we said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And and it's refreshing that they they are doing something in a proactive way and at least at, at making those points in a competent way. Yes. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the... It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, you know, as we uh, talked about the corporate California, excuse me, not the the, uh, the wealth tax, not the corporate tax, but the, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, just read another article about how we may be entering another recession and corporate taxes are go- going to be going up because of the Democrats yeah, right. right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, the, uh, the uh, after the announcement of the California uh, a wealth tax. Uh, some uh, new uh, studies have uh, come out. California and New York suffer the biggest blow as more Americans flee to low tax states. As now, they the problem with the wealth taxes. They're already alienating millionaires and billionaires who live in their states to move, and they have moved. Right. And now it's like, well, we're going to make it that if you move. We're going to punish you, even if it's unconstitutional. We're just so bitter, and we, we're so revengeful, and we have such envy and jealousy of you that we're going to make it so we can tax you as long as we want to tax you. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to the actual economic reality of that all, all hmm. coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome or good morning. <laughs> there you go. See? <laughs> Sounds better, doesn't it? Eric said you can't I was have o- both. Eric said I was offering too much. Yeah. A welcome too, and a good morning was too much. And good morning. No, it's either welcome or good you can choose. Whichever you like. All right, thanks. It's not both. Thanks for being here. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. You know, we live in a nation of idiots. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Gary McNamara, <laughs> Eric Harley. Mm-hmm. I've just just saw this on Real Clear Politics, and I just said, "We live in a nation of idiots." We really do. Yeah, we do. And Isaac Orr wrote it, RealClearPolicy.com. dot mm. com. Okay. Sunshine might be free, but solar power is not cheap. And let me just—I'm just, just going to read this because they're examining. The cost of energy in Mississippi, for example. Yeah. Mississippi residents are constantly told that renewable energy sources like solar panels are now the lowest cost ways to generate electricity. Mm. But these claims are based on creative accounting gimmicks that only examine a small portion of the expenses incurred to integrate solar onto the grid while excluding many others. When these hidden expenses are accounted for, it becomes obvious that solar is much more expensive than Mississippi's existing coal, natural gas, and nuclear power plants. And that adding more solar will increase electricity prices for families and businesses that rely upon it. And they write, one of the most common ways of estimating the cost of generating electricity from different types of power plants is a metric called... (laughs) The Levelized Cost of Energy, or L... C-O-E. Now, see, I think they become it becomes too complicated by, by saying the levelized cost of energy. What they're saying is, when you take the total cost and take the subsidies out of it, because what they're saying is, you know, in, in, the, in the latest bill that the Democrats put in, $380 billion is to subsidize solar costs. Right. So they tell you, the consumer, it's cheaper. Well, the only reason it's cheaper for you is because they're charging people who aren't using the energy. <laughs> they're charging people. And, and so it's like, well, okay. And, and here it is. The levelized cost of energy is an estimate of the long-term average cost of producing electricity from a power plant. These values are estimated by taking the cost of the plant such as the money needed to build and operate it, fuel costs, the cost to borrow money, you know, because you're financing these things, Mm -hmm. and dividing them by the amount of electricity generated by the plant, generally in megawatt hours, over its useful lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, the total cost. (laughs) That's... (laughs) In other words... The levelized cost of energy est- uh, estimates are essentially like calculating the cost of your car 
on a per-mile-driven basis after accounting for expenses like initial capital investment, loan and insurance payments, fuel cost, and maintenance. Duh! The cost of ownership. And they actually use government, they use the government information. Because we use the estimate of the LCOE, which is a levelized cost of new solar facilities in Mississippi, by using overnight capital cost estimates from the U.S. Energy Information Administration, which is the Energy Department. It comes from the government. The electricity market module and other state-specific factors. We can then compare the cost of solar to the real-world cost for coal and natural gas and nuclear. And so they uh, they did it. They went through the whole thing. And the uh, the most expensive is solar. The, no surprise. The cheapest is natural gas. Yeah. Uh, and then coal. Mm. But it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. Well, as long as we outlaw natural gas, though, you can take that out of the equation. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. It's natural gas, mm. nuclear, nuclear, coal. Right. Now, I wonder, they don't say it here, but is part of the coal cost because of the government regulation on it? Mm. They don't They don't say that. That would be a question that I have. You would, yeah, you yeah. would think that that but the most, would contend the most, for, top, for the cheapest. Right. Yeah. The most affordable electricity in the state, this is Mississippi now, they're using mm. Mississippi, mm. were the uh, natural gas units. At a cost of thirty point uh thirty point three one thirty thirty dollars and thirty one cents per megawatt hour based on the twenty twenty one delivered cost of natural gas. Mm. <clears throat> natural gas prices might have risen recently, but even at these increased prices, natural gas gives the citizens of Mississippi better value than solar, so does nuclear. The next most affordable power plant uh was uh that generated electricity was a nuclear facility at $32.10 per megawatt hour. That's including subsidies, everything that goes into it, everything. Right, right, right. The coal units, $43.83 per megawatt hour. Uh, and the uh, solar was over $50 per megawatt hour. They said, but there's more. Not only are solar panels more expensive than existing natural gas, coal, and nuclear plants on Mississippi's electricity grid, but they also provide less value because they don't provide electricity if the sun isn't shining. What? Statistics from the EIA show solar facilities in Mississippi only generated 22% of their potential output in 2021, which means utility companies would need to install 450 megawatts of solar to generate 100 megawatts of electricity. On average, over the course of the year, requiring a huge overhaul of capacity to get the same annual energy output. Hmm. Creating an electricity grid capable of incorporating all of these extra solar panels will require taking thousands more acres of land, building more transmission lines to connect these panels to the grid, and moving the power to where it's needed. These costs, including the property taxes associated with the land, the lines, and other equipment, will be passed on to customers through their electricity rates. And so they go through. What they're saying is the total cost of doing it, electric. <laughs> Obama said it. Electricity prices will necessarily skyrocket. Right. That's the goal. Right. 
And uh, so uh, uh, there, there you go. I, and I just said we're all a bunch of idiots because it's like we have to sit there and explain to people, well, it's the total cost. Well, there is no other cost. <laughs> well, that's it. You mean uh, as opposed to the BS cost? Oh, it's only going to cost you this because we're charging these people that aren't using the energy in this state. We're charging general people. Well, are you? Are they using this electricity? No, they're paying part of your electricity bill. So your cost is only this. So it's better because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Because the government subsidizes it. Well, it's not cheaper. No, it isn't. It's like, hey, college got real cheap. Really? Oh, it's real cheap. You take out a loan, you don't have to pay it. Right. Other people that didn't get the degree will pay it. So college is now cheaper than it's ever been. No, it's not. It's more expensive than it's ever been. Natural gas, efficient and cost efficient. So we have to outlaw it. Right. Yep. Because for them, that's the most dangerous dog. That, now it is, yeah. With Referring the, to the, the dangerous dog theory. Yeah. You get rid of the most dangerous dog, and then the second most dangerous dog becomes the most dangerous dog. Next thing you know, everybody gets a betta fish. A government betta fish. This is the problem, is that we don't do the math. And I'm glad they brought up something that we did. Because, you know, when you have when you have power plants, most power, you know, you look at a nuclear power plant or a mm. coal power plant or a natural gas power plant, they're in a very, very small area. Right. And the grid goes out from that point. Right, right. When you have solar, you need it over millions upon millions of acres. And we've said if they ever got to the point, nobody's talking about the expense and, and the maintenance of that grid, right? which would be because you're, instead of being in a small place and going out, you've got grids that are going all over the place, grids and, and, and forest land that has to be destroyed. And I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable what you would have to do in order to get the power that, that you want. And it would be extremely more expensive than what we're paying right now. Right. And it's like, you know, but the fact that we have to explain or the, I'm reading an article explaining, well, the levelized cost. Well, what do you mean? You mean the real cost, the actual cost, the thing that we deal with in in life every single day. True cost. We have to buy something. That's the true cost. Yeah. You're buying it. Right. Everybody well, recognizes it, but we have to like explain it because the government's been involved in the BS campaign. Remember when they were saying that, what was it? What was the electric vehicle that got... <laughs> Or was it the hybrid? Or it was the was, uh, Chevy Volt, I think. It was one of them, or, or maybe it was the. It had a, it, it was, was a hybrid. It was a hybrid because it was a were, hybrid. They were ta- they were yeah because they were talking about yeah. how many miles per gallon it, it gets eight billion four hundred and thirty nine <laughs> whatever mm. miles to the miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not using gasoline. Well, yeah, because if you charge it up every day, remember it was the plug-in hybrid. Yeah. So you plug it in, you charge it up, then you drive it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're getting 300 miles to the gallon or 400 miles or some cases 500 miles to the gallon. Yeah, but the gasoline isn't driving it, is, isn't the fuel driving it for the vast majority of the time. So you can only count miles per gallon based on when it's actually using the gasoline fully. Exactly. And that had to be explained. Why? Because 
when they have to BS you and when we actually have to come out years later and explain, well, it's the actual real cost of everything that matters, that shows you what a great job that they've done in BSing to the American public. And well, if, if you got to be, and by the way, I think America said they want, uh, in that they want, uh, uh, quality products and, uh, they want, uh, integrity in the truth in products, but, mm-hmm. uh, we don't seem to want it when it comes to anything that has to do with climate change. If it's not BSed, we don't want it. Right. And I, I guess here would be the difference is that when you start, as soon as there is a move to mandate more and more, where it starts affecting more and more people and it isn't on this whole shared plan. <laughs> we'll make other people pay for it that aren't using it. Then that's going to get everybody's attention. You know, it gets pretty competitive, but once you do the, the very simple math, the, the question is why would you build a grid that essentially can't produce at night or on a cloudy day. I'll never forget the notification that went out in Texas. Uh, yeah, the wind has died down and there are clouds in West Texas. Oh, yeah. So you need to conserve. Conserve, please. And that's supposed to be the modern first world society we live in. Yeah. No, let's make it hard. You know, uh, these are the things that states like California do. Just days after announcing a mandate on EVs uh, in the year 2035, new new cars that are sold have to be an EV in California. Days later. Hey, don't charge your EV during the afternoon in California. And <laughs> the recent rains we talked about, and we said, look, if they would manage their water better, they could, they could uh, 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 at least they could fare better during times of drought. But states like California have decided not to do that. And then I read the article a couple of days ago. We didn't mention it on the air. But here's the solution. States like California, Arizona, uh, I think Nevada was in there. Here's what they, they plan to do. Aquifers. They want to replenish the aquifers, put the water back in the ground, because what they're saying is we used too much out of the aquifers. We want to put it back so it will be there. Will be there for what? The water is there as a resource. These are these are the backwards thinking individuals that run our society. And it's on a huge level. This yeah, is, is not a small thing. The OEMs right now are trying to do the math on how they're going to meet the mandates of states like California and other areas on EVs. And we have to deal with something like this where they're going to continue to build a grid that is less reliable and much more expensive. Yeah, can I have more of that? While lying to the American people about it consistently. Absolutely. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. This, you know, this is just incredible today because I just, I just happened to see that article before mm. that was uh, talking about the fact that, oh, by the way, that governments are lying to you and the United States is lying to you about energy costs and it's cheaper for solar and wind and it's not. And talking about, you know, what we have to do is we have to take in the, uh, the, uh, the full cost. Well, duh. Well, I just finished reading that one. I looked down. This is all in RealClearPolitics.com. Daniel Jurgen's column, which, <laughs> God, the energy transition confronts reality. And just, I just read this portion. I just said, huh. I, I just, I want to scream. No, I, I, yeah. just, I want to scream. Right. Here it is. Yeah. Right? You ready all for right. this? The term energy transition suggests that we are simply taking one more step in the journey that began centuries ago with the Industrial Revolution. But in examining previous energy transitions for my book, The New Map, I was struck by how different this one is. (laughs) Whereas technology and economic advantage drove earlier energy transitions. Of course. Public policy is now the most important factor. He was struck by that? Duh! Moreover, previous energy transitions unfolded over the course of of a century or more, and they did not wholly displace the incumbent technologies. Duh! I mean, we live in a nation of idiots! You know, no, it's his reaction to it uh, is is mind-blowing, but pointing out, which is something we've talked about, every step of the way, it was about greater efficiency. Yes. Cheaper energy. Yes. Yes. It it, it was what led a, and plentiful energy. Right. That's why liberals for the longest time, for years, even, I don't know, up till about a decade ago, were still calling, still uh, uh, trying to argue the whole peak oil thing. And then when that was gone, it was like, okay, then fine. We're just going to get away, you know. From all of it anyway, right? It's But for what reason? Well, this whole ruse that they have tried to pull, and that is climate change. Well, because we got to save the planet. It's not going to save the planet. You know what's required in the mining for all the materials for this uh, far less than dependable source of energy? And the maintenance costs and everything else? No. You're not going to save anything. You're not going to save money or the planet. Still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, redeyeradioshow.com. 
I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. I'm Gary McNamara, ready to pull my hair out nah. as I just read these articles. And this just happened at the top of the hour. It's just do, doing reading what we normally do. If we're not yapping back and forth, it's like, oh, what else is out there? Oh, look at this one. All right, something on energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So on uh, the last article that we, uh, the first article that we read starting out this hour, and it was, or part of it, where it was talking about the fact that, you know, when it comes to solar energy, we're not actually looking at the full cost. Well, duh. And if you take the full cost of it, you know, the only reason that the government is telling you that, um, well, solar is cheaper is because they're having people who aren't using your solar panels. People are paying your energy bill that aren't using your energy. Yeah. That's why. And you're paying money for other people's energy. But you're not paying the actual cost of what you use. Remember, sharing is caring. (laughs) It's still, uh, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) But tell people the full cost. (laughs) You want people to share, tell them what you're doing. Don't lie to them. Quit focusing on the negative. And and then this other article, Daniel Juergen, Real Clear Politics from uh, the Project Syndicate.org. And and I I just, I've got to read these. Two and a half paragraphs, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for this? Here okay. I read the first one, and I want to pull out my hair. All right. The term energy transition suggests that we are simply taking one more step in the journey that began centuries ago with the Industrial Revolution. But in examining previous energy transitions for my book, I was struck by how different this one is. Whereas technology and economic advantage drove earlier transitions... Public policy is now the most important factor. Hmm. Where they're saying before, where productivity, because as you just mentioned before, when we read that paragraph the first time, productivity was the key. It was more productive, which means you got a more consistent energy. You got more consistent energy and Hmm. it was cheaper. You got a better quality of life. You got Everything was better because of it. And an expansion, yeah, expansion of wealth, too, from the mining yes. of that, uh, right. which was new and expanded right. the wealth greatly in this country. Moreover, previous energy transitions unfolded over the course of a century or more, and they did not wholly displace the incumbent technologies. Oil overtook coal as the world's top energy source in the 1960s, yet we now use three times more coal than we did back then with global consumption hitting a record high in 2022. By contrast, today's transition is intended to unfold in little more than 25 years and not be additive. Given the scale of what is envisioned, some worry that the macroeconomic analysis has been given insufficient attention in the policy planning process. In a 2021 paper for the Peterson Institute for International Economics, The French economist Jean uh, Ferry notes that moving too rapidly to net zero emissions would precipitate, quote, an adverse supply shock, end of quote, very much like the shocks of the 1970s. He warns that that a precipitous transition is, quote, unlikely to be benign and policymakers should get ready for tough choices, end of quote. Now, you want me to simplify that? Yeah, plain English that for yeah. us. 
we're using inconsistent forms of energy and we're not backing them up with consistent forms of energies and you're going to have stinking blackouts and you won't be able to run your damn society because there won't be enough electricity. So get you so prepare for right. that. Prepare prepare for the backlash for that. Now I believe that I have communicated more effectively the reality than Mr. Jurgen did the reality of what we're going to see. Who agrees? <laughs> because that's the reality. That is. That's so, so you can use you can use more complicated phrasing, but all it does is actually lessen the reality of what people are going to feel. But we all know it. We've known it. We've been promoting this. I don't know from the day one that they've been promoting solar and wind. Yeah, yeah. So whenever that started, which was when I was you know sometime in the last thirty three years of me being a talk show host. We've been talking about the idiocy of it, and they still go on. Oh, this really is really, really, really great. To the point where, and again, we remember the point where Republicans started jumping on board, and it was Newt Gingrich. By the way, somebody should bring that up to him when he when he when he attempts to be a conservative. Yeah, you know the same thing. Remember when he went after Romney because of the business right. Romney was right. in? Right. You know, Newt Gingrich for the so-called quote conservative that he is will abandon conservative principles like that. For for what reason, I don't know. Convenience, get along, I don't know. Well, on climate change, we heard him. Yeah. He said, look, conservatives need to, and Republicans need to come around, basically, to the liberal way of thinking. Right. Because it's where people because are going. It's a, basically, it's trendy. Right. People, yeah, th- that's what it was because this is what's trending, and yeah. people, you know, and and what we responded at that point. Well, what you're saying is people actually don't want to do the simple math, right, and the simple scientific analysis that this won't work, and it sounds good, and instead of telling people the truth as Newt Gingrich used to want to do, I'll sit on a bench with Nancy Pelosi and say you need to contact your government official and to see what you can do for climate change during that Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Yeah. You need to beg for big government. Said no real conservative ever. Every time I still, when I see him being interviewed, it still sits. I go, I I can't listen to him. I can't listen. I don't promote conservatism now when you will just jump, you will... Throw everybody overboard when you believe it's convenient. I'll never forget the breakfast that he did in New England the one time where he really, that was really before the, it even came off with the commercial. Remember right. you and I talked about that? Yeah, that's said, what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah, he did, he, he, did a, he did a breakfast in New England, I believe it was. Yeah, and Republicans and conservatives yeah. need to come around to the liberal way of thinking. That was his right. message. Yep. Because it's trendy. No. Wrong is wrong. Not looking to fit in. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, maybe Frizola in Texas mm. two years ago next month. Mm-hmm. That's still the reason that you and I are looking at the long-range forecast the entire time is to prepare in case, and odds are it's not going to happen for another 30 or 40 years. I did see 28 
an overnight low. I know you and I, <laughs> but but we're because we we don't want because we don't trust. We still don't trust the grid in Texas. And when it happened, I don't forget. Well, see the Republican state and our point. Of, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or Democrat. That's meaningless. If you promote what liberalism is promoting and the insanity of liberalism, mm-hmm. you can call yourself a Republican or a Democrat, but it's the liberalism that has been pushed by liberals that own the Democratic Party that convinced some Republicans to go along the stupid path. Yep. Or didn't convince them. They did it like Newt Gingrich originally did because it was trendy. And people really don't want to hear what the truth is. It sounds good. We can be clean. We can save the planet. And since we can't argue, we're Republicans. This is what the message Newt Gingrich sent to me. We're Republicans, and we don't have the ability to argue the absolute truth. Let's go along to get along. Yeah. Let's be hip. And all that led to what happened in Texas. All of that led to what happened in Texas, what California is looking at, and what every state right now is looking at, where all of a sudden the people in government involved in energy are saying, my God, we can't go down this path. Well, we knew that 30 years ago. Yeah. It's not that hard. No, and that's the thing. I'm reading these articles where it's like, oh, we're, we're we're part of the elite analysts out there and mm. oh by by gosh i'm struck by how different this energy transition is. i'm struck by it i've just realized how to any idiot with a any idiot that when i when i was in uh 10th grade and was in the electronics club we all could figure this out it's not complicated and that's why i'm reading this i'm just getting angry because it's like oh we're discovering that um there may be a macroeconomic problem here, you idiots. Shut up. As a, as a member of said club, were you allowed to keep your lunch money every day? Well, you, you've seen the picture, right? <laughs> you ever see the picture? From the electronics club? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Maybe oh, I have. I don't I'll, know. I'll find it. I, it's on my phone. I'll show it to yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay. I'm the only one that doesn't have glasses on. Oh. But if you want... If you want the definition of dweeb, yeah, it's it. It was a club. It was the electronics club. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was there yeah. a membership? How often were the meetings? I think we met once a week with the electronics teacher. That's a pretty big commitment. And we, I'll never forget when we found out our electronics teacher. Found out a couple of years later. Remember the Attica riots? Yeah, he, he was. He was Mr. Smith was a National Guardsman. Oh wow! And and he was a medic. And there's a picture of him coming out of Attica. And we saw, like, this would have been three years later mm. after Attica. Mm. And he had blood all over himself, mm. you know, all over his apron. It's a picture wow. of him coming out of Attica. Wow. And he became an electronics teacher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I was I was an absolute. I don't think we ever confronted him. I don't can't remember if we ever confronted him or not confronted him, but asked him about it. I yeah, we, right. Somebody brought in the, it was a Time magazine or something, the, uh, the cover. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that's him. And it was this guy's. It was his name and everything. So it was mm. like, oh, we knew it was him. But yeah, but I was. You look at you look at me. You got. I think I'm wearing a turtleneck sweater. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm Dweeb City. Yeah. You, you see that picture and you go, oh, it's justifiable. You can beat him up. 
Yeah. And nobody will complain about it because this, right. he just needs, he's got that face and the, you know, what I'm wearing. No, that's, that's the kid in high school you beat up. Yeah. That's who I was. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> Everyone avoided me. I just looked weird. But the dweeb knew mm. at that point that all this stuff. And you were telling all the other this. cool kids, look out. And they weren't paying attention they to me. They weren't paying attention. I went up to every cheerleader to tell them that, and they turned around and walked away. The cool kids like Newt Gingrich, <laughs> who wanted to be trendy. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside. Wear your truck on a cat scale. Oh, before we get back on the road, let's stop at this cat scale and weigh. Definitely. Will you use the Weigh My Truck app? You know I'm no good with technology. <laughs> it's easy. Just try it. Okay. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I keep reading this over and over again. It just keeps getting me angrier and angrier. Given the scale of what is envisioned, some worry that the macroeconomic analysis has been given insufficient attention in the policy planning process. Some worry. Some worry. About energy About energy today and that, that, that we're, we're committing energy energy economic suicide here in this nation that's how they write it yeah some worry some worry some people you mean those paying attention yeah this is but by the way by the way it's not just macroeconomic analysis it's science well it's the it's science of electricity ears that's the problem they're trying to cakewalk through this. And this is the language that they use today. Well, in looking at the nature of the sun <laughs> and the amount of daylight that we have on an average day, given what it would take, then there should be consideration for <laughs> not doing that <laughs> this is the this is the kind of uh <clears throat> crap yeah that and and when you cut to the chase it comes down to this we have lots of cheap plentiful energy right here and we're choosing this and and people are struck by this transition being vastly different and then, than other transitions. By the way, quit using the word transition. And then this here, in the 2021 paper by the French economist, they note that moving too rapidly to net zero emissions would precipitate, quote, an adverse supply shock. Blackouts! Yes. No electricity! Yes, we should be prepared for a supply shortage. You mean blackouts?
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.